I'm excited to finish our series today entitled, When the Walls Come Down. Last week we were in Joshua 5, this week we'll be in Joshua 6. And I don't know needs in particular, I don't know specific needs, but I do know that we serve a God that meets every need. We serve a God that meets every need, and I believe today that it is a day of breakthrough. It is a day of victory. It is a new beginning. Someone's about to turn a new chapter in Jesus' name. If you believe that and if you receive that, I I just invite you to open your heart for the next little while. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. It is is on the YouVersion app, so you can use your iPhone, you can use your iPad. And if you don't have any of that, you can use your eyeballs and it will be right here on the screen. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Along with its king and its fighting men, march around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the seventh day. March around the city seven times. With the priests blowing the trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. I want to talk to you on the subject, walk around the walls. What we do know is this, that the walls were immense. They were great, they were ferocious. We know that the walls wrapped around the city of Jericho like armor. Two circles of stone rising a total of 40 feet above the ground. They were impenetrable. The inhabitants were barbarians. They withstood every invader of that day and time. Other people had attempted to go into Jericho to take over the city, but they were unsuccessful. They were guilty, the people said, the Bible tells us. That these Canaanite people that lived in this city, they were guilty of child sacrifice. Deuteronomy 12 and 31 even tells us that they burned their own sons and daughters as sacrifices to their gods. So it gives you a a very graphic and gory image of what was taking place in that city. But then Joshua showed up. Until the day his army marched in, until the day the bricks cracked and every boulder broke, until the day that everything shook, It was the day that the unstoppable fortress met the unstoppable force. That was the day that Jericho fell. That was the day that Jericho crumbled. But here is what you need to know about the story. Here is what you need to know about Joshua and what took place on that day. He did not bring the walls down. There was no way that he could. Joshua's soldiers never swung a hammer. They never touched a brick, they never moved a stone, they never rammed a door, they didn't do any of that. God did that for them. God did that for them. 
And I'm rising today to tell somebody in this house, the same God that did it for Joshua can do it for you. God can do it for you. But the reality is that the Jericho in our lives looks much different, though. It's not a physical location, but it's a spiritual combat. It's a battle in the mind. Your Jericho is your fear. It's your anger. It's your ability to not forgive. It's the bitterness or the resentment. Your Jericho is your insecurity about your future. Your Jericho is your guilt about the past. Your Jericho can be your negativity. Your Jericho can be your anxiety. Your Jericho can be your tendency to criticize and always see the wrong in everyone around us. It can be your tendency to overanalyze or it can be your tendency to compartmentalize. Your fortress that stands between you and God's promise today is any attitude or a mindset, one that keeps you and that holds you back from experiencing true joy, from experiencing true peace, and from experiencing rest. Are you tired today? How's your joy tank today? How's your peace today? Jericho then stands between you and me, and between who God is calling us to be. Jericho mocks you. It's that voice in your head. It's that thought that runs across your mind. It mocks you and tells you to take your dreams back to the wilderness. It stands in between you and the bridge of progress. It's big, it's evil, it blocks your way, and I want to tell you, and its walls must come down. To live in the state that God has so desired for us to live. To live in that state, you must face what is in front of you. You can't go around it. You can't avoid it. You have to confront the elephant in the room. It's not always easy. It's not always an easy task because the truth is that every level of inheritance requires a disinheritance from the devil. That means for you to be able to occupy what God wants for you, you have to make sure that every, every opposing spirit is, is removed from there. And I'll tell you how in just a little bit, because Satan must be moved off before the saint, you, before you can move in. Joshua told his people this. He said, go and possess the land which the Lord your God has given You, the verb possess, the action word in this sentence means to occupy by driving out previous tenants and those possessing their and possessing in their place. So, once again, the word possess means to drive out whatever is there. So, for me to experience the true joy of God, I have to make sure that I drive out the anger and the frustration that are currently there. God's word to Joshua is God's word to us. Be strong and courageous. Do not let fear overwhelm you. Do not be afraid because what, even though what is in front of you may look stronger, 
even though what's in front of you looks like you'll never win, that you'll never be successful, but go, the word says, and take the land that God has given you to possess. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men in it. God did not say, Joshua, take the city. God said, Joshua, go and receive the city that I have already given you. Joshua did not go into this place hoping to win. He knew that God had already won. The same can be said about you today and your challenge. God does not say you break your bad habit. No, he says, I have broken the bad habits of your life. I've broken every curse. Receive the blessing of my victory. We have to remember what the Bible tells us that we are co-heirs with Christ. That every attribute, everything that Jesus is, is available to us. So I asked the question, was Jesus victorious? Yes, he was. Did he overcome sin and death? Yes, he did. Will you be victorious? Will you overcome sin? And the question isn't really will you, but the question is when will you? When will you? Because life will always bring challenges. Life will always bring its setbacks. But God will always give you the strength to face them. Things are different in the place that God has prepared for you. But you have to resist labeling. You have to resist labeling. And the question is, how long have you been labeling? That you tell yourself, I'm just a worrier. I just have to deal with this. I just have to go through this. This is the straw that I drew in life. How many times have you labeled yourself and said gossip is, is just my weakness? How many times have you labeled yourself and said my dad fought this. I guess I'll carry on the family tradition. How many times have we labeled things in our life? These words create alliances with the devil. It's not God's will that you live a defeated, unhappy, and tired life. I'll say that one more time. It is not God's will that you live a defeated, unhappy, and tired life. If that describes your life today, then there is a disconnect between who God has called you to be and what life you're living right now. And my hope today is to be able to connect and to bridge the gap of where we are and where God wants us to be. That we would be people of the promise. That we would be people of the promise. It's not God's will. So what do we do? We have to cancel those voices that have been there for some time. I have to cancel those old voices, those words that were spoken to us, those words that belittled us, those words that tore us down, those words that, that developed a, a spiritual and emotional handicap. And now we're having to deal with things that, that happened to us long time ago when God is calling us to be in, in, the, in the bridge and to make progress. I feel stuck in who I used to be. Because of what happened to me. I have to cancel the old voices and I have to make new choices. I have to begin to declare his word over my life. Psalm 16, 6 says this. The lines have fallen to me. In pleasant places, yes, I have a good inheritance. So how do we live out our inheritance? 
How do I live out my inheritance and not my circumstance? How do I get there? Can you imagine the conversation that Joshua had with his soldiers on that day? It's time to take the city. It's time to take that city. Can you imagine as he rallied those people together and he said, you know what? It's time to take the city. But Joshua, it's impossible. It's time to take the city. But Joshua, other people have tried and they all died. It's time to take the city. And here they are preparing their weapons, perhaps, maybe asking what side do we attack first. But God had a different strategy. He said, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Joshua's command his soldiers to march before and behind the priests. And he tells the priest to blow the trumpets continually as they walk around the city once a day. As for the rest of the people, they are to not make any noise. Nor a word is to come out of their mouth until the day, Joshua told them, until the day I tell you to shout. Then that is the day you will shout. No war cry. No hand-to-hand combat. This was not something that they were used to. Just priests, rams, horns, marching, and silence. Continually. Just priests, the rams' horns, marching, and silence. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and day six. Joshua had at least 40,000 soldiers at his command, and he tells them to be quiet and to just watch what is about to take place. It was a spiritual battle that was taking place, and it's just like ours today. The weapons, the Bible tells us, of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not, they're not physical, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And another definition of stronghold is imagination. And can I ask the question with that in mind, could something you have been imagining have a grip on your life that you cannot embrace God's will for you? Can it be that there is an imagining, there is an imagination in your mind that says, I can never be better? Can there be an imagination that's holding you back that says, I'll never join the serve team? Because of what I used to be in the past. Could it be an imagination of of I'm not going to to fully embrace who, who God has called me to be. Because there's always a side that I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. Could it be here today that something that you are imagining, what if it doesn't work out? And what if it doesn't go the way I want it to be? And what if my kids start acting crazy? And what if things don't turn out the way I planned them to. It's a stronghold. And I want to tell you that the stronghold is a lie. A stronghold is a false premise or a belief that denies God's promise. What is is there in your life 
that is denying God's promise for you. It's a lie from the enemy. Do you feel nothing but despair? Are you always just overwhelmed? Do you speak the language of impossibility? Do you think thoughts of defeat? Let's look at some examples here today together. God could never forgive me. Is that you today? That's a stronghold of guilt. Or do you say, I could never forgive that person for what they did to me? It was wrong. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm not saying it was right. But could you be saying that I could never forgive them? That's a stronghold of resentment. Bad things always happen to me. That's a stronghold of self-pity. I have to be in charge all the time. That's a stronghold of pride. I don't deserve to be loved. That's a stronghold of rejection. I'll never recover from this. That's a stronghold of defeat. I must be good or God will reject me. That's the stronghold of performance. I'm only as good as I look. That's the stronghold of appearance. My values equal my possessions. That's the stronghold of materialism. Most Christians don't recognize these strongholds because we think they're natural feelings. They live in the shadow of these joy-sucking emotions. They live in the shadows of these joy-sucking Jerichos that say, you know what? It's okay to just have some of God's promises, but I'll always live with this. But can I tell you today that while Christians in this world may embrace that concept and may embrace that, that false premise, can I tell you that your life doesn't have to look like that? It doesn't matter how long you've struggled with it. It doesn't matter how long it's been looking at you straight in the face and mocking you and keeping you up at night. I come against it today in Jesus' name, and I've come to tell you that you will be free and that you will experience everything that God has for you. We don't have to be among them because the Bible tells us that God's divine power is enough to be able to bring down those strongholds. And the question is, isn't that the life we truly want as Christians? Isn't that the life? That's the life that I want for you. Not, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. There, there's no doubt about that. But that we would be able to, to go through the trouble and to say, even though I go through the fire, you're with me. And when I walk through the waters, they will not overtake me. Th that I would be able to look at my circumstance in the face and say, yeah, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I I'm talking about a, a state of spiritual being that you could go through whatever comes your way and say, even though he slays me, yet will I trust him. And to be able to say like Job that he gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. To be able to go through whatever trial, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever setback, and to be able to say, my joy comes from the Lord. His joy is my strength. To be able to say, I know in whom I have believed and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Isn't that the life that you want for yourself? 
That, that you could be encouraged through heartache and through troubles and, and whatever comes your way. And for you to be able to say, I'm not going to lose my mind over this because I have the mind of Christ. He's giving you that power. So I want to tell you, we want to see Jericho in our lives brought to the ground. So how does this happen? It happens by keeping God in the center. There's some principles here that cannot be overlooked. By keeping God in the center. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence with his people at that time. So Joshua did this. He placed the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the possession. Procession, should I say. Because he wanted to be sure that every activity revolved around God. That everything that they did was God-centered. We don't attack the stronghold in our life with anger or by casting blame or by finger-pointing. No, we keep God at the center. We keep him at the center stage using the weapons of worship, of the scripture, and prayer. So I want to tell you today, we keep God at the center by using the weapons of worship, scripture, and prayer. Are we doing that in our lives? When we would want to be distracted by the things of this world, that we would redirect our attention to the one who gives us victory. I imagine the Canaanites laughed when they saw the Hebrew people on that day marching around and just marching circles around Jericho. I want to tell you, march like a conqueror. Walk around the circumstance in your life. Walk around the trial in your life, marinating your mind in the finished work of Christ. Walk around declaring, he that began this good work in my life, he is faithful to complete it. My story does not end like this. Walk around stating, he is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? Let your enemy know that God has promised the victory. And it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before that wall, before that habit, before that temptation crumbles down. It's only a matter of time before that tendency or that proclivity melts away. It's only a matter of time before God heals the brokenness that's deep down on the inside that I haven't let anybody into, but that, that God knows it's there. And if I could just confront it, God can heal me. Keep walking. Keep believing for all you know, this may be the day that the walls come down. Could it be, as I draw to a close this, this morning, could it be that you are only steps away from a moment like this? Look what Joshua 6, 15 and 16 says. And it came to pass on the seventh day they rose, that they rose early about the dawning of day, and they compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed it seven times. And it came to pass, and it happened on the seventh time when the priests blew 
with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. This seems to contradict in a lot of ways the natural reaction and the natural emotion that we have in life because we, we tend to not shout until after it's already done. Can you imagine what it looked like on that day when they're just looking at these walls? Man, that, that seems so impossible. That seems so difficult. That seems like there's, there's, there's no way. And God says, if you just shout. For the Lord has given you the city. Look what verse 20 says. So the people shouted. When the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they took the city, and they took the city. Those very walls that had held them back came down on that day. And it wasn't them that did it. It was God that did it for them. They were able to step in to what God had for them the whole time because they were obedient. They were obedient and they trusted God at his word. They trusted him at his word. And, I, and some theologians believe that, that the way these walls fell down fell in such a way that they became ramps into the city. And I just think it's so awesome that we'll that that which was intended to keep them out actually became the gateway for them to get in. That which was designed to keep them out, God used to be able to usher his people into the promise and possess and take over what he had for them. Let me put it another way. That which the enemy meant for evil, God can make it good. God can make it good. So I want to tell you today that what has been keeping you out, can it be that today is the day that God says, I'm going to use that, and it's going to be the greatest weapon in your arsenal, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be the means for you to be ushered into my promises, that I would step into the place that God has for me and say joy is mine, and say peace is mine, and say I, I will, that he, that he was chastised, I love what the prophet Isaiah said. That the chastisement of our peace, the punishment of our peace was upon him. He died so that you could have peace. That's part of the package. He died so you could have. So when the enemy wants to come in like a flood, and, and he wants to wake you up in the middle of the night. And he wants to threaten you. And he wants to mock you. And, and those thoughts want to come flooding in. That you would be able to say, no, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. That guards my heart. I have a peace 
that when anxiety wants to come, that, that I would quote his scripture that say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, that I would make my requests be known to God. That when something wants to come my way, that I would say, no, I have his promises. There's two things that I want to point out as I close. I know you're thinking, you already said that. Uh, but they were obedient. They were obedient to God's word. If you remember Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. If not, write it down. It's not in your notes. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. God is having this conversation with, with Joshua. He says, I, I know Moses is gone. I'm paraphrasing. I know Moses is gone, but be strong and courageous because just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. That, that's verse 9. But verse 8, he says, this book shall never depart from you. The, the, he was talking about the Torah. The, the, word, the, the, the word of God shall never depart. Psalms chapter 1 says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of ungodliness, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated I'm sorry, I, I, I grew up reading King James Version, seateth, nor, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he delight day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by living waters, that gives its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And everything that he does shall prosper. But if you notice, there's a correlation. They were obedient to his word. If I want to be victorious over the walls in my life, I have to be obedient to his word. God will never, never contradict his word and never violate his word. I have to go back to what his word says. I have to be obedient to his word. And I have to use the weapons, as I mentioned, of scripture and of worship and of prayer. Because I, I would love to tell you it's just about shouting and, and the wall comes down in our lives. But there was other, there's details that we cannot overlook. God promises the victory, no doubt. But I have to be obedient to his word. I have to be obedient to his word. And I want to tell you this morning as I, as I wrap this up, it's time for you to possess the promise. How long has that promise in your life just been out of your reach? How long has that promise in your life just been unattainable? Man, that, that's not going to happen for me. You celebrate with your friend, you celebrate with your neighbor, but it it's not, doesn't seem to happen in my life. I want to go back to verse 5. God says this, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse, the army will go up, everyone will go straight in. Remember, that's verse 5. Now look at verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in. And they took the city. Just 15 verses later, just 15 verses later, the people actually get to experience what God said before. 
had never experienced it before, but they were obedient. And they went in and they took the city. God does what he says he will do. He is faithful to his word. He is not a man that he would lie. He is not the son of man that he repents. If he says it, he will do it. Verse 5 and verse 20 serve as a reminder to me that God is true to his word. That God is true to his word. And what you're facing today, you have to go back to his word and say, I was young and I was old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants beg for bread. I know that God is faithful in the good times. I know he's faithful in the difficult times. I know the same God of the mountaintop is the same God that's with me in the valley. I just have to know. I have to know. That he's faithful. Father, I thank you today for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, for your mercy. I thank you for victory in this place today. I thank you that you are faithful, that you are true to your word. I thank you that if you said it, you will do it, you will perform it, you will make it good. So right now, God, I come against, God, every wall that has been in imposing, standing in between me and your promises, your people and your promises right now. Whether it be resentment, whether it be self-pity, whether it be something spiritual, whether it be something psychological, whether it be something physical, whatever it may be right now, God, that every wall would come down, that we would be able to walk around the challenge of our lives, marinating our minds in you, that we would know that you are faithful, that what the one who called us is faithful to complete the work that he has begun, that you have begun in our lives, that I would walk around, God, every challenge and every circumstance and every situation, that I would know that you're faithful and that I would know that you, God, are always always in control. So right now, God, I speak to every wall that has stood in the way right now. Come down in Jesus' name. Come down in Jesus' name. I declare victory in this place today. I declare healing in this place today. I declare your blessing in this place today. I declare, God, your power in this place today. God, I, I thank you for a new chapter. I thank you for a new season. I thank you, God, that everyone that is in you, the old things are made new. I thank you today that we can be made new in you. I thank you today for your goodness and your grace. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Maybe for you today, the first step in, in your walk is to give your life to Jesus. And maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've thought of it. Maybe you've entertained the notion. But today's the day you feel God tugging at your heart. He loves you so much that he is the one that leaves the 99 behind and he goes after the one. He goes after the one and he's chasing after you. He's pursuing you today. He's saying, you don't have to carry your shame. You don't have to carry your guilt. Give me 
your life. And if today's the day that you say, I want to make a decision to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand right where you're at. We want to pray with you and for you right now. Right now, I see you. I see you. Hands going up right now. We believe in community and we believe that everyone in this place should have someone in their corner and we want you to know that we are here with you, for you. We believe in you and we are grateful and we celebrate your decision today. So I invite everyone at the sound of my voice to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for taking my place, for loving me at my lowest. I give you my shame. I give you my guilt. Come into my heart. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. The the angels rejoice and God's people rejoice. I'm going to invite everyone to stand.